1: Hail hey Cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing amazingly well, Josh. We are now in the
0: flow. We finally have a game week under our belt. All of mm-hmm. our prognosticating, all of our previewing, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's come to it's come to bear. And yep. uh, now we can finally talk about a game week that has come and gone.
1: Yeah, there's, there comes a point where it's, it's fun when the fantasy game launches. It's fun to start planning for your... For game week one. That, that stuff was all fun. Uh, the game launched so early this year that we had about seven weeks to do it. And uh, I you know, the fun of the game for me is reacting, right? It's it's sort of making snap judgments, or I, I guess not necessarily snap judgments, it was just making decisions, right? Like this player's out, mm-hmm. I'm gonna hold with this player, I'm gonna keep the faith with them. This is the you know, this is a midfielder that I want to buy in the future, all that kind of stuff. It's stuff you just can't do until the game launches, and so now we're here. And now, you know, we can start to sort of plan for that Uh, or, you know, start. I mean, I I already have a transfer that I'm like planning right now, which I'll get into um, in a little bit. Um, And so the theme of this week's episode, which uh, a nod to Peter King, a great NFL writer, uh, is 10 things we think we think about the fantasy Premier League game after
0: game week one. Right. Um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about those things that we think we think, and then we're also going to get into a preview of the fixtures of game week two, and talk a little bit about about our bus teams. I, you no longer have to figure out what your entire squad's going to look like. Now we can zero in on what what one transfer you and I are thinking of making. Before we get into our content for this week, just a quick. Shout out to Blue Wire. We are now on a new network. Some of you used to listen to Always Cheating on SoundCloud, but we have moved with Blue Wire, which is this great sports podcasting network, to Art 19. But here's the thing, Josh, nothing has really changed. We're still right. the same old podcast. It's just you and me doing our thing. But if you want to uh, keep up with always cheating, you can find us on all all different podcast platforms. We name them all at the end of this podcast <laughs> right. every time. So you you know what they are. Yeah, you don't
1: have to resubscribe anywhere with the one exception of SoundCloud. So if you're subscribed on SoundCloud now, you need to find us Uh, on Art19, on the Blue Wire website, um, on Stitcher, iTunes store, whatever. Um, So that is the one change. We did want to note that right at the top of the podcast, in case you wondered where the podcast went. So, uh, Brandon, just a couple of quick housekeeping things. Uh, We have a new T-shirt in the Always Cheating Shop. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've been in
0: communication with our friend Mystic Mia, who runs Third Eye FC. And if you don't know Third Eye FC, it is – Special FPL League just for female FPL managers. You can go to thirdifc.com for the league code. Mia has prizes every month for the best performing managers in that league. And she also supplies all these amazing graphics on her Instagram. So she's worth a follow, a follow on Instagram, even if you aren't a female manager. But mm-hmm. we teamed up with Mia to create a special design for Always Cheating. Go to our shop at alwayscheating.com and uh, check out the design. It's on this cool gray, athletic gray um, T-shirt. And they're for sale. And when in working with Mia, we actually um, – Gave her some money to help with the prizes for her league. So we're feeling like this t shirt is kind of like in the spirit of supporting what's going on at Third IFC. And it's an opportunity for us to share that with the always cheating listeners.
1: That's, yeah. And I think I, it was a good sign, I think, that uh, my wife, who has never and will never play fantasy, uh, saw the design for the new t shirt and said, I want one of those. So uh, <laughs> definitely yeah. check it out. Uh, all right, Brandon, let's do, let's get right into it, man. It's a score check time. I don't know about you. I was feeling pretty pretty high. i'm pretty good about my score. Uh after Saturday's matches, after Fridays and Saturdays matches. Going into Sunday, I was like, you know what? As long as uh a doesn't do anything, uh, as long as Man United doesn't keep a clean sheet, you know, as long as long as nothing happens with Marcus Rashford, it's gonna be a great game week for me. And um <laughs> you know didn't quite go to plan, I mean no. you still had a you I mean okay, so what did you go first? You had a good game week,
0: yeah, I had a good game week, and this is like the ultimate humble brag situation in that um my great disappointment was that I ended two points shy of the century mark ninety eight points, and uh I as a lot of people saw when I posted my team to the at Hail cheaters Twitter feed. Right before the deadline, is I went with three premium players with Salah, Sterling, and Kane up front. I right. stuck to my guns with Harry Kane, and I was definitely sweating it till the final the minute, eighty-five of the minutes, yeah, game. <laughs> yep. And uh, what a treat to get not one but uh, a third absolutely meaningless goal there in the spurs villa game and it was it was just beautiful for my overall rank and and total points
1: totally Uh, just a a quick note on that the second goal i mean the the first goal that he scored the second goal for spurs uh, i saw jack Grealish getting a lot of grief uh on twitter about this but i mean why jack Grealish is single-handedly defending kane in the box is a question that Villa has to answer right because uh i mean somehow jack Grealish is like single-handedly trying to stop kane from scoring there it seems a little uh well, he was he was tackled just outside of the 18 holding on to the ball where
0: I mean, blame his teammates for not yelling like man on clear the ball. But he right. he did give up possession and the worst possible Part of the
1: pitch. <laughs> okay, that's true, that is true. Okay, fair <laughs> enough, but someone should have covered, okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. Where's the help? Where
0: Where's is the, the help? I uh, mean, for, forget Grealish, it's all about super John McGinn. And a shout out sure. to my good friend uh, and our producer, Chris Carter, who was singing McGinn's praises all summer. And I took him up on that and put him uh, into my starting Started lineup him. for game week yep. one, yep. yeah, and he looked great. I mean, we could we'll talk more about Aston Villa and some of the um, promoted teams and how their attack looks, but. Um, that was one of those goals that was unexpected and takes your game week to the next level. Yep. Uh, my, my defense too performed brilliantly. I ended up not doubling up on Liverpool defense, which was all the rage. And I just had Van Dyke mm-hmm. and yeah, the Pookie helped you them. there. Yes. Thank you. Pookie, uh, our patron saints doing me a solid and maybe that's the last favor he'll do me all season already cashed in all my chips. But with Ederson and goal, Van Dyke, Dean and and Loughton at Burnley, which mm-hmm. is kind of a coverage pick covering a lot of the the Pope Pope people goalkeeper mm-hmm. owners. It really did work out. So all in all, I I just couldn't be more happy with my team. Blanks just from Iosei Perez, Shea Adams and Josh King. Uh, and it looks like my, my overall rank for the game week is 75,347. So already in the top 100K. Let's yep. see how long I can stay there.
1: That's, yeah. And, I, I you know, I'm not even that far behind you. I mean, I finished on 86 points uh, for the game week, which, uh, you know, in a normal game week, you know, 12 points behind somebody is pretty pretty normal and so uh you know overall ranks are so crazy right now and so tightly bunched i mean i'm i have 86 points which is not bad uh but i am uh at five hundred and twenty three thousand in the world so uh pretty massive uh drop off there um and uh you know i had a really good defense as well i mean the real issue for me was was that front line and uh, i decided to go with the 433 in the end and you know, $21 million worth of forwards equaled one Van Dyke. Um, I had uh, one point from Delafeu, two from Jota, five from Wilson. Uh, Fraser didn't come through either. And so, you know, in the end, I mean, you get 86 points in game week one. I think you normally feel pretty good about that. I think the real – and I actually do feel – I feel fine with my team. I mean, I've got I've got to drop Delefeu. That was a bad pick. Uh, but if I didn't have him, I would have rejiggered things and I would have had a Perez. So, you know, I see that as like basically like a two-point drop off there. Nothing I'm too – concerned about um Delphi will go this game week i'll talk about that a little more later okay okay um but you know i mean to me the real problem if it so to speak is that uh-huh. um there are just so many man united fans uh, across the world uh uh-huh. and when they do well and you don't have man united players it is going to be a rough game week for you uh yeah. so i think that's that was really the i mean i guess you know there's I'm five hundred twenty three thousand in the world. There's five five point eight million managers, right? So I'm in the top ten percent uh, after one game week, and so I'm not going to get too um, uh, too caught up in. Uh, well, we're, that's actually something we're going to talk about later. So I'm not going to get too caught up in overall rank. I feel fine with my team outside of De La Feo. I mean, it's it's just I think it's funny that we spent, you know. 30 minutes in last week's podcast talking about 6.5 million forwards. And they all did poorly every like yeah. across the board, except for team of the one guy we didn't really talk about because they're full away. Well, it was, Speaking
0: of, we have a couple of questions from our listeners to just help us reflect one last time on game week one. Harold wants yeah. to know what surprised you most this game week. Mm-hmm. And uh, the yeah. other, the other question comes from FPL chancer, Dan, who says what was the game week one gut feeling you regret not following dan this is dan speaking i just knew pookie would score at anfield so dan definitely yeah. should have put money down on that so yeah. what were the surprises and what were the gut feelings that yeah. you feel like you, well, you didn't trust to,
1: to take the second question first i nothing really i mean i went four at the back i really never planned on going five at the back if i did i i guess i might be regretting that right now um but i mean i don't really know what i would have done radically different i mean I guess I could have played Lucas over Fraser. But, I mean, that's that's a four-point difference, you know. I'm not too I'm not too bothered by that. Um, you know, so I think, um, yeah, what surprised me most, I mean, I think it's, you know, I, I don't know how you could say anything but Man United um, just clobbering Chelsea. I mean, um, and the yeah. fact that maybe we all kind of did underrate that team a little bit, right? I mean, there wasn't, like, there weren't massive changes. I guess there still could be because the European transfer window the non England transfer window closes later. And I guess Pogba could still leave, but um, they just look like kind of the team last year. That was pretty good until the end. Um, and now they're a little bit better, right? Their defense looks yeah. better. So Wamba uh, yeah. Saki getting eight points was a killer. Yeah, and
0: I guess he was good for it. You've you've forgotten quickly how much of a bonus point magnet AWB is. He he cannot get an attacking return to save his life. But
1: Tammy Abraham, it just, oh, man, so close. Five minutes into the game, he whacks it off the crossbar. I was honestly surprised at just how rusty so many of these teams
0: looked. It felt like more than any other Premier League opening weekend then I remember that teams just looked like they were shaking off a lot of rust and maybe just getting yeah. in a lot of a new players, but just to Dan's question about my gut feelings. And this is just like, um, hilarious, uh, hindsight thinking. like, I, I feel like I remember having a feeling that, uh, my other premium guys, Kane and Sterling had a good chance of doing much better than Mo Salah. Mm-hmm. And, Captaining Mo Salah over Sterling or Kane at the end of the game week um, it's not it's not a blunder, but I missed out on some points there. Uh, But it's we we talked about this in a lot of our preview content of being much more conservative heading into the start of the season. And that that will serve to benefit you. So I don't I don't. I, I can't regret it. And certainly watching that Norwich Liverpool match and seeing the points come in for Salah, that felt good. And yeah. that felt just as good as, you know, finally getting the relief of Harry Kane scoring a brace.
1: Totally. And it's one point difference anyway, even, even eight points between Salah and Kane, uh, Sala and Sterling isn't that much really. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, right. you know, it's, 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 it's a big overall rank jump for sure, but it's not, you know, it's not a season ending uh, worry.
0: Um, yeah. All right, that was my ban-worthy brag, but now we have a <laughs> uh, we have a rant of the week. This is a, yeah. generally it's a reoccurring segment that we like after uh, every game week. It's a rant that comes from one of our listeners who had something remarkably strange or bad or inter- in an interesting way happen. And this one comes via our Slack from FPL G Soul, who says, "My day here. This is he's just laying out his day, uh, his Friday for us right before the game week deadline. My day." I've had my team more or less intact since the release of the FPL site, bar some peripheral changes tested in the Rate My Team Slack channel. It's a little marketing there for you, Josh. (laughs) Plan to have my last sanity check today. Enter surprise invitation to dinner from new neighbors and panic starts to scream into my veins. I get tunnel vision, taste of blood in a bad way, dizziness, actually feeling drunk even though sober. <laughs> Without being aware, I rip up parts of the team and decide on the doorstep to dinner to change some key elements. FPL-wise, it, it, it still could be good or bad. I really don't even know what points I have, but my dinner focus was miles from polite FPL starts to kill my social life already. <laughs> We've all been there, right? Yep. And I love that um, usually the social situations that are ruined is when you know you're having a bad week and then you really just can't communicate with friends or loved ones. Oh, I love totally. just the idea, yeah. the idea of it's already ruined even before the matches begin. Oh, yeah.
1: I felt it a little bit when Kane scored a late brace in the 86th minute yesterday. It was like – I was like, I need, like, 10 minutes to to shake this one off. I was like, I, I know it's game week one, but I just need to go, like, sit in a corner for two minutes. And, like, of course I didn't right, Brandon, right. but I wanted to. I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honorable mention
0: for rant of the week to uh, our patron Sam Danby, who actually destroyed his car uh, rear rear windshield just before the game week deadline i think that made things tough for
1: sam was that like for like a scream like he like uh, like a like a an anxious scream just like shattered the window yeah, like a, shattered just, it with his uh, his sonic
0: waves <laughs> um let's let's talk about managers who are actually doing well though uh and that's uh, in the always cheating super league which is never too late to join just click the league tab at alwayscheating.com or the league code is on all of our social channels Josh, you want to take us through the top 10 after game week one of the always cheating super league?
1: I do. All right. Top 10. Here we go. Late stage Fergieism in 10th, tied with Davler's Dragons. Uh, Stetletico Madrid in 9th. FC Biceps in 6th, tied actually with Bread Gang FC and Metro Fighters. See, my pronunciations, Brand. are already off to a great start this year. Uh, in Off the Post is 5th uh devin 17 in fourth uh Gye for guardiola uh, in and third i kind of like mm-hmm. i said that one out loud before i figured out where they were, where they were going there uh mm-hmm. six times cloppo in second and fpl mavericks nice simple name brand i like that in first uh graduates mm-hmm. to mav bra 117 points and 1500 overall very well done Brandon, while I'm talking, you know I love to talk, uh, I will just quickly note before we uh, get into the 10 things we think we think uh, that we uh, have a a ton of new Patreon supporters, uh, much like last week. We're actually going to list them at the end of the podcast. I hope no one who is a new Patreon supporter is upset or offended by that. Uh, But we just had um, – this is like a real humble break again. But we just had so many uh, that we just – we really need to get into the podcast. And so we're going to thank everybody uh, closer to the end of the podcast. But if you supported the podcast in the last week, you will be thankful on this week's podcast if you'd like to support the podcast go to patreon.com always cheating we did our first kitchen table podcast on thursday i recorded that one uh and brennan you're doing yeah. the one this week so uh something to look forward yep. to absolutely and that's what you can expect at the lord sorloth patron level
0: and above it's an extra podcast every week just before the game week deadline just to shore up our thoughts and cover any uh interesting news that happened throughout the week And uh, we offer a lot of other cool stuff for our Patreon supporters. So, yeah, check it out at patreon.com slash always cheating. Shall we take a quick break, Joshua, and come back with our big list of 10 things that we think we
1: think after game week one? Let's get to that list. Brandon, we're back. 10 things we think we think after game week one. All right. I I have about Mm -hmm. 50 thoughts. So I like that we just we just kept it to 10. Uh, First one. This was a chaotic game week. Don't panic and don't look at your rank. OK, so I think you should not look at your rank, Brandon. OK, that's my, my yeah, deep thought.
0: Yeah, I think that's good advice. Yeah, there are a lot of huge mega scores. We just talked about them with the always cheating Super League. Everyone in the top 10 is breaking the century mark. But uh, yeah, your rank is is not telling the whole story right now. And the chaotic nature of the game week, it's like what I was saying about a lot of these teams being rusty. Leicester wolves you mentioned this on our twitter feed josh how lester wolves would have been an exceptionally fun match if it happened four or five or six game weeks from now because both of these teams looked um they didn't look their best selves they're both fun mm-hmm. attacking focused teams and it's really difficult to judge who
1: the standout performers were on either of those teams which could yeah. be our fpl size you know i mean last year you know one of the most fun matches I watched the, all of last season, the match that got Claude Puel fired, most likely, uh, was this 4-3 Leicester Wolves match, you know, sometime in February whenever it was. Uh, amazing match, late Jimenez assist, I'll never forget that. Um, and, uh, you know, just, like, they're two really fun teams that um, have a lot of attack. They're, I just like watching both these teams play, right? Like, if, if you just gave me, like, mm-hmm. a, a big run of you know, five, six matches on a Saturday, um, I would gravitate to to one of those two matches if I had a, you know, fantasy player in them. Um so, you know, I just think, yeah, early on it was, I mean, D- Diego Jota, who has been on fire all like all during the summer, uh, looked uh, like, I don't even know. I mean, he looked like Kane in August in previous years or something. It was like, he just like, it was he, he like, he could f- not hit a barn door. Yeah. It was bizarre. And I mean, on the one hand, it was like, he looked bad. On the other hand, it didn't. Right. Because I mean, he was doing a lot of really good stuff. It was just the end product wasn't there. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, in he got himself into and, the positions.
0: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the shots were just really, really woeful yeah exactly other teams that stuck out to me Bournemouth which we'll talk a bit more about Watford, mm-hmm. Southampton even Arsenal uh beating Newcastle 1-0 but watching some of that performance I just wasn't sure what the takeaways were and we didn't see um soon to be breakout stars for Arsenal like Pepe you're still they were still working with Mkhitaryan Mm -hmm. in the midfield who didn't really cover himself in glory Mm -hmm. so we have yet to see the full lineups of some of these squads and we have yet to see the full caliber of of some of these mid-table squads like like bournemouth and watford so it's like still too early to judge those teams as well as it is our our overall ranks
1: i'm like almost ready to call watford bad (laughs) <laughs> I'm I am afraid. I don't know. I mean, I watched most of that it's match so yesterday. It's so strange they it's, were yeah. They were dreadful. quite good last season. How does I it how, how does that happen? Totally. And like you said, just one match, but wow, it was uh, it was discouraging. Um yeah, Joseph says, uh, should I fall for the Man United Great in Game Week One trap again? Yeah, Brian, did you get any um any David Moyes. uh remember his his first game with Man United was a four-nil win. Uh obviously um <laughs> Ole was uh that, that was I think that was a way to Swansea, if I remember correctly, like five years ago, uh seven years ago. How God, how, how long has it been since Sir Alex retired now? Like six, yeah, six, seven years. <laughs> um I don't know. I mean, I think uh I think we probably we're gonna get to this in a minute, so I don't want to talk too much about them yet, but um I I came away from it feeling like I probably underrated their defense. Um, and that Anthony Martial is, I mean, it's like, i know, I feel very predictable in my opinions about it, which is that Anthony Martial was probably a little underrated. Um, I somehow missed that he got the number nine. Is he, he's a new number nine, right? He, was he a number nine last year as well? No,
0: he, he just picked up that number this summer. So um, that was, that was, uh, the death knell for Mr. Lukaku.
1: Right. Okay. So yeah, so he picks up the number nine, um, you know, doing it like he was very active in the match, only uh, 7.1% ownership, 7.5 million overall. Um, I think he's a real contender. I think, I mean, I wouldn't drop Ryan for him yet. Um, or, or, you know, Ryan, uh, that is to say, Fraser, <laughs> Ryan Fraser. Uh, I would not drop. <laughs> First name basis with all these players. Yeah. We've been podcasting gonna, for too long, Josh. <laughs> Got to drop Ryan for Anthony. Uh, but it's, it would, it's, if I had no other problems my team, it'd be something I consider. I mean, they're playing away with the Wolves, which I, it, which is not a great fixture, but. Uh, but, you know, Palace and Southampton, Leicester at home and, you know, game weeks three, three, four and five. If his price doesn't rise, which it almost definitely will, um, I would definitely consider a Fraser to Marshall swap in game week three, uh, because that's when Bournemouth play uh, Man City. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about uh the, the
0: chaos of the game week based on Eric Freeman's question. Can we trust the eye test after United versus Chelsea? Or mm-hmm. was that just a strange week, one fluke result? Do you have anyone from either team that's on your radar? So um, are there any matches that stick out to you this week where you felt you were trusting your eye test or like I was feeling more often than not that my eye test was just kind of useless because the teams were just figuring things out themselves?
1: Yeah. I mean, I was, I was impressed by Brighton and, uh, and actually recently impressed by Sheffield United as well. Um, I thought that they, they, uh, acquitted themselves really well in that match. I mean, they're playing a, you know, a form of the team that attacks really well. Um, you know, in general, and um, I thought they really them, Obviously, they came away from it with a point too, which is hugely impressive. So, um, I mean, that's not like the sexiest team to talk about, but I sort of came away thinking like, okay, this team like might be might be some fantasy assets on here. I mean, like you know, maybe it's more in the defensive end of the, the of the team. Right. Um, you know, Billy Sharp is interesting, but obviously came on as a sub. It's not clear if he's going to be starting. Anytime soon. If he was starting, you know, like if I thought he could start in game week two, um, I would maybe consider, you know, bringing him in um, for for De La feo because, um, you know, they play Palace, Leicester, and Southampton home in three of the next four. You know, so it's a really solid run of fixtures. All right, the second item on our uh,
0: ten things we think we think there's a lot to be gained from thinking outside the box. Um, Specifically, we're thinking about, yeah, those managers who not necessarily the diehard United fans who would have had AWB in their team regardless, but Mm -hmm. um, people who did did have a sneaking feeling that Man United would have a a good start. Ashley Barnes, of course, was a great pick for game week one. And even like a manager such as myself, Josh, Mm -hmm. who went against the grain Mm -hmm. and uh, picked Harry Kane, went for a third premium or a premium up top. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, thinking outside the box, uh, conservatism versus outside the
1: box—it's a delicate balance, is it not? It is. Yeah, it it really is. Um, you know, I think that there's like a, like a rule of thumb that I try to keep to. I think this actually comes from uh, from Jay Eggersdorf, um, who's a you know really well regarded manager. he's gonna like a lot of great finishes um, in some interview where he said, you know, it's you just don't want to pick a player that nobody's talking about. You know, it's like there's a, there's always a pool mm-hmm. of players that you want to consider, but those are usually names that are getting bandied about and talked about. It's the, like, completely, like, it's like there's the box, there's outside the box, and there's, like, the other, like, solar system. And those are usually players you want to avoid. Um, and I think that, you know, I had this thing with with the Man United defense where I just sort of thought, well, yeah, sure, wan ownership is 34% or whatever, but um, but those are all Man United fans, you know? And it was almost like I let, like, the Man United fandom thing prevent me from thinking about those, those players as options. I, I, I don't really know why I didn't consider Man United more carefully. I guess I just felt like Chelsea at home in game week one. I don't know what to expect from their team. Away to wolves in game week two. You know, I don't see that as a particularly good fixture. Um, they're fine after that, but it's really hard to build a team around a team that you want to have in game week three. You know, like yeah. during the season, maybe you can plan for the, for the first two game weeks. Maybe you have an eye towards game weeks three and four. But it's hard to be like, I want to bring in one of these expensive players because, you know, in two weeks time, I'm really going to want to have them. But here's the deal.
0: This is why the last episode of our preseason coverage is called Unanswered Questions. Right. Because we still have unanswered questions heading into game week one. That's why this episode is called Things We Think We Think. Because (laughs) we we learned stuff in game Mm -hmm. week one. Right. We didn't learn everything. And Man United is a great example of a team that exists in the unanswered questions and Things we think we think categories at the same time. They were a team in total upheaval um, since the end of last season when things mm-hmm. sort of tanked for Ole. Ole is still around. They brought in some new players. No one was knew what was going to happen with Pogba. It was just it was a risk to go with Manchester United as big a club as they are. And yep, um, I think we're I think we're getting some good feedback from Manchester United right now. Yeah. Do we have the guts to pull the trigger yet? I'm not sure.
1: I think part of it, too, is like the Pogba thing was tricky, you know, because, you know, all many signs pointed to him leaving the club during the offseason. And then, you know, the transfer window closes on Thursday. So suddenly like, oh, okay, so Pogba is a player I can consider. But by the time like Thursday night rolls around, it's, you know, he's not a cheap player. And so if if you wanted to bring him in, you would have had to do like some kind of surgery, you know, to make it happen. Right. Right. He's 8.5 million. It's not like you can just like. You know, even like even if you wanted to move Fraser to Podgora or something like that, you still have to find an extra million somewhere. It's not easy to do, um, you know, with these sort of carefully put together teams that you have. So, um, I think that was part of it for me too. Is I just didn't know what that team was going to look like. And then, you know, as it turns out, once the deadline was done, they were pretty settled. You know, I mean, they, yeah. you know, especially once they brought in McGuire, um, you know, right after the uh, Community Shield. So, yeah, and the uh, I guess Pookie's the other player who, um, you know, was a good. I, I guess the whole reason I. I You know, I I was thinking about this as a a thing that I think I think, Brandon, um, Mm -hmm. we should should just stop saying that because it's hard to it's hard to actually say. Uh, Mm -hmm. But um, I was just thinking about how, you know, maybe the bands of players that we're considering, the solar system of players that we're considering isn't quite. Maybe we're not thinking broadly enough, you know, I mean, it's like you just look at the. You know, I, like the 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 te- you know i hate to use the word template because i uh, but like you know there's sort of like there were there were a lot of players that were in a lot of people's teams you know if you're on social media if you're uh, you know if you're on our slack if you're anywhere you know anywhere where you're talking about fantasy with other people you were seeing seven eight nine players in the same team you know and you know you look at the top and obviously there's a fluky element to it we're one week into the season but you know you look at eric peters you look at Ainsley maitland niles you know uh ashley barnes i mean you know these are players who are are dominating after one game week and you know they're all cheap and that would you would not have had to break your bank to have them and nobody has them basically yeah, it, it's it's true that that will soon change. I yeah, think it'll soon change
0: for <laughs> sure. Yeah.
1: One thing uh, we one yeah. thing
0: we don't think we think, one thing we do know though is 8.5 at Manchester United buys you the full-time penalty taker, which is actually Marcus Rashford now.
1: Yeah, I know. I've got to get over some stuff with Man United at the end of last season, but I'll I'll get there. Brandon, do we talk about number 3, man? Let's just let's just do it and let's get past let's it. Let's rip it off. Yeah. sort it off like a Rip Band-Aid. it off. Okay. Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh Var, uh it we we weren't sure uh how dominant it would be, but um but now we know after game week one, VAR is exactly what we thought it would be. Right. Both yep. in terms of the decisions that were being made and the, in terms of the disruption, the complete yep. and utter disruption to the flow yeah. of the game and the emotional aspect of totally. it. Totally. So it, it sucks. I think we're both on the same page here. <laughs> yeah, VAR, VAR is stupid. Listen, we don't want to be these angry old no, peanut gallery totally guys who are afraid that. of change. Change yeah. is good. We accept yeah. that onward and upward to, to, to the moon, to Mars, let's go.
1: Totally. Although I will say it is – look at my some of my Twitter mentions about VAR and you will see it is hard to defend VAR without sounding like a character in Black Mirror. OK? I'll just say that much. Mm-hmm. Or maybe one of the people who talks about the greater good in Hot Fuzz or possibly even the Borg. All right, Brandon, in uh, Star Trek. So I've given you three mm-hmm. different ways to describe the people who are – pro VAR, uh, some of whom are, our good friends. So that's, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it is, yeah. it is, it, it definitely is not as fun, you know, to watch a match and not be able to celebrate goals anymore. Um, that was, I, I liked celebrating goals. I thought that was a fun part of the game, but you know, sure.
0: Yeah. What was so noticeable too, were the ironic cheers from the the fans in the stadium when the inevitably the VAR screen would pop up. It's still, yes, what you saw, was a goal is still a goal. Computer <laughs> says goal. And yeah. everyone's like, Yay, cool. And and that really stuck out to me. And we as as carpet bagging Americans, we always talk about how one of the great features of the premier league product globally is it's authenticity and the um the vibe that you can feel
1: through your tv screen it's happening there at the ground in in the nfl where in the nfl everything is getting constantly reviewed every game takes four hours i'm not saying it's that bad but it, it 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 was a scary trend over the weekend maybe mike dean is Maybe Mike Dean shouldn't have been calling that Man City game. I don't know. You know, he's kind of an active manager <laughs> to begin with. But I mean there's still an enough sign thing. I mean, there's still enough sign thing. Like that's been talked about to death already, but like obviously um it's 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 ridiculous and uh, <laughs> and, yeah. and just it's just not fun. And i you no know, one yeah, needs that call to be made. Totally unless, uh, unless exactly. you had some
0: sort of betting line on on the match.
1: Yeah, and I guess like, you know, it's I don't I don't know like I I don't want to go on about it cuz I I you know it's like a, people on both sides feel very strongly and dug in about it and whatever but it didn't feel very fun to me and hopefully that changes and the den donker one was kind of a bummer too because you're like oh man like a 4.5 million guy just scored a goal a guy that we all have in our team and then it was (laughs) like nope you don't get that one either and it's like okay
0: i think for most managers on den donker it was less the celebrating uh um his goal more that we would be celebrating security and price maybe mm-hmm. even an uptick to 4.6 oh,
1: we definitely would have got an uptick for sure but i also would have lost all those lester clean sheets uh, a perez clean sheet point would have been wiped away yeah uh-huh. uh, you know so it was that yeah, whatever all right so what we think var is bad yeah. right that's one yep. thing we yeah and that's like not even a fantasy thing it's just yeah. like we had why don't to we just change it, a it from var to bad that's, that's what I say. <laughs> all right. So I, we're not going to talk about it all year. This maybe this is like the, like, I mean, unless there's like some massive, hugely controversial thing, maybe we'll talk about it, but I do not want to do this podcast where every week you and I talk about PAR and, no. and our feelings about it. That does not sound like it's fun. That, that would not be fun for anybody, but obviously this opening weekend, right. it was such a dominant force that you kind of had to talk about a little bit. Yeah. All right. The fourth thing we think we
0: think is the big
1: at the back strategy is
0: still in play. But with a few caveats now. So Liverpool, Manchester City, Everton, Manchester United to, to a degree, as we discussed, they all came through. Oddly enough, though, Liverpool came through only in the attacking sense. But um, you have to feel for the people who went for Robertson because that seemed like the sensible conservative pick. Mm-hmm. What could possibly go wrong? Right. And Virgil van Dijk opens with with a goal and Trent who looked sensational out on the right-hand side in yeah. the attacking sense. He got skinned a few times defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, so so there it is. The big-in-the-back strategy effectively worked. There were some haters who were surfacing online after Liverpool's clean sheet wiped out. But when you yep. look at the results at the end of the game week, I feel like the big at the back strategy is doing what we thought it would do.
1: Yeah, totally. And uh I mean, you know, I have all, all four of my defenders and my goalkeeper had attacking or had you know returns uh this game with clean sheets or, or attacking points. And um yeah, I mean, honestly, if Van Dyke, if if Liverpool would keep that clean sheet, you know, that that would have been massive too, you know, a huge a huge uh, swing there. Um yeah, I think yeah. uh it's uh, it's hard to say, though, too. I mean, you know, a game like um, like we just talked about Lester Wolves earlier, that's a nil-nil in game week one. Is that a nil-nil five weeks from now? You know, I mean, I'm thinking of a ball that no. Team Lemons plays across that he decided to hit as hard as a human being can hit a ball instead of <laughs> sort of lightly crossing yeah. it to, to Jamie Vardy uh, to score. And so, you know, just like things like that or just like it's not – they're not quite – synced up yet. I mean, I think, you know, Jota, I mean, you know, he's, he's been finishing well all season and maybe, I don't know if it's the pressure of the moment or the Europa League or what. um, But, you know, just little things like that, where I just think like, it's going to, they're going to, all these teams are going to tighten up, um, tighten up their attack, you know? And I think once that happens, we'll start to see, um, you know, more goals in the upcoming game week. So we'll see if that, if that strategy holds, but obviously, you know, I mean, when you look at, like you said, I mean, look at, you know, Liverpool, I mean, you know, I got, points from i mean yeah you know, obviously there's two ways to get points from a defender right clean sheets or um or attacking returns and it was you know it was attacking turns from arnold and van dyke that that really helped my game week so let's talk about the fallout from this allison
0: situation though so allison is out injured we don't know the full extent of the injury though um klopp was suggesting it's not great it's it's down i mean i don't know from like his head all the way down to his calf. It's a problem. Yep. People are suggesting it might be uh, four weeks at, at the smallest amount of time. Mm-hmm. So it could be four to eight to, how, who knows? Uh, is A, is it worth making the switch, um, regardless of what goalkeeper you have, to Adrian at 4.5, who looks locked in now to be starting goalkeeper at 4.5 for Liverpool? Mm-hmm. And how does it make you feel... Yourself being doubled up on Liverpool defense now that one of the best goalkeepers in the world is not playing. Are you feeling still it's, feeling good about the? I mean, yeah, it, it's a, it seems no, it's ridiculous a, to suggest no, that just because Allison no. is out, that suddenly Liverpool's defense is bad.
1: It's a very, it's a very good question, um, and I think uh, actually bringing in Allison would be a reasonable, or bringing in Adrian would be a reasonable move. I mean, this Liverpool defense was really good when they had Loris Karius and Simon Mignolet uh, alternating. Um, and, in fact, they're even better now because now they have Van Dyke, you know from the from the start of a season um and and obviously, they didn't really have Trent either when they were rotating those two, maybe I guess during the end of that season they did so you know I think um that back line is so good, and they yeah, I mean the extent of the like you know how long it's gonna go on for is really the big question, you know, I think the next few game weeks it's fine, you know, you get into October if he's still. You know, if he's still battling injuries, then you've got the Europa League as a factor as well. And they play Man United, Spurs, Man City in three out of four matches. I'm going to hold now with the double up. I think it's reasonable to bring in Adrian. I mean, at 4.5 million. I mean, a 4.5 million starting keeper. If I, if, I'm, if I was wild carding right now, or even when I wild card in game week three or something like that, I would absolutely 100% have Adrian. Um, I mean, would you yeah. as well? <laughs> so this is – the yeah, this is what I want to talk about, because there
0: is this huge temptation to jump on Adrian right away. And a goalkeeper transfer is like the last thing that you want to do, particularly for a not starting GK, because Allison right. will come back at some point. Uh, if you have Allison, you'll have to then move that's a good Adrian, yeah. Yeah, if you have Allison, I think it's a good move. Right. That that's true. But what you're what you're suggesting, though, if you bring in Adrian, is it's not one, but it's two goalkeeper transfers that you're already committing to outside of a wild card scenario. So maybe the wild card, the early wild card, is timed perfectly to mm-hmm. bringing Adrian in for three to four weeks or whatever the extent of the Allison thing is, and that might be right around the time that you then trigger a wild card and you can resolve the Adrian situation, but Um, I I can't like if I I have Ederson, Mm -hmm. I don't see it being worth me downgrading Ederson to Adrian uh, that what I gain from that one point five in the bank versus lose effectively losing a free transfer on that move, which um, I think is a wash. And also we're going to talk uh, in our in our next item about budget keepers, like what budget keeper are you going to move out in favor of Adrian. So let's just jump to sure. point number five in our things we think. We think budget keepers are also pulling their weight. You look at what Nick Pope and, and Matt Ryan did this weekend. They're doing exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. Um, Henderson and Heaton, they didn't get clean sheets, but they played well too. Yep. So I'm just thinking of like who you're taking out apart from Allison to to slot Adrian in.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I would. I think I would bring if I just was, you know, like, for example, I mean, I think Allison was owned by like 32 percent of managers or something like that. So, I mean, I think, you know, it's definitely there are definitely people listening to this podcast who had Allison, you know, um, in fact, our our good friend Trevor Ingerson, Brandon, has Allison. So uh, that was uh, I, I was watching that Liverpool match with producer Trevor and uh, that was uh, that was a painful moment. I kind of had to had to uh, walk away for a second, just let him, you know. Deal with it, <laughs> um, yeah. Collegous so I think, thoughts, yeah. A, I think there's, I think there's, think there's a lot of options. I mean, you know, I think uh, you know Pope Pope played well. Um, you know, he's less appealing just because they play, they do play away to Arsenal, and they play home to Liverpool, and two of the next three, even away to Wolves, that's not a good fixture for them either in game week three. So um, I mean, you know, I guess you could get some clean sheet, right, like like some save points from him. Um, you know, I think you know Henderson. I you know I watched that Bournemouth match start to finish. I, I thought he played very well. Um, I guess in the end he only had um, – did he have like – yeah, he only had two saves. It, it felt like he played well, though. I felt like maybe the the two saves that he had I thought were pretty good. And uh, I just sort of was impressed with how Sheffield United defended in general. So um, I think he's definitely in consideration as kind of – like I, I'm rotating Pope and Henderson right now. Um, and I, I do mm-hmm. like the way those rotate, at least until I play my wild card. So, um, yeah, I think that – I. I I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know if I have a strong like feeling about one particular 4.5 million player. I mean, I, I, I'd say Adrian, just because Adrian is, um, you know, he'll be on a team that has an amazing attack. So he's not gonna have to face too much pressure. Um, and he's got an amazing mm-hmm. back line that'll, that'll protect him and presumably really, really step up. And maybe that even changes the way Liverpool play a little bit, um, you know, to keep him like right. a little less, little less exposed. um, so yeah, I mean what do you think of those like kind of five or six like which ones stand out to you? Yeah, I guess um Matt Ryan
0: Matt Ryan does stand out to me because the the fixtures for Brighton coming up will just rattle them off West Ham, Southampton both at home in game weeks 2 and 3. Yeah. City is bad in game week 4. Sure. Then we've got Burnley and Newcastle. So um really really great defensive fixtures for Brighton. And I think Matt Ryan was a was a really interesting play for managers who brought him in for game week one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah, Adrian, just just reflecting on watching him for West Ham, he had he had some ups and downs there, but on the whole, I found him to be a, a pretty decent shot stopper. Um, not at the level of Fabianski. but I think that he'll have some good moments with
1: Liverpool and he'll do in a pinch. Yeah. At that price, it's just so it's just so tempting to to try, see if he can get away with it. Yeah, Um, right, right All right, Brandon Well, that's, that's the first five Should we take a quick break Before we get to the next five? Yeah, let's do it Football season is here, people That's American football That's right, Brandon Not just the Premier League But American football Has launched as well It's time to start placing your bets For NFL and college football Blue Wire is teaming up with Sports Information Traders and John Price, one of the world's most successful sports bettors So our listeners are given the chance to make more money betting on American football this season. Woo. Go to sportsinformationtraders.com slash blue to get college football and NFL future plays and make up to fifteen times your money for only a ninety-nine dollar investment. Just a few notes on what you get for this
0: $99 investment, Josh. Last year, Sports Information Traders correctly predicted the Clemson Tigers to win the college football championship, making one client alone $110,000. The year before that, Josh, Kurt Presley at Sports Information Traders made $1 million with a preseason wager on the Philadelphia Eagles to win the Super Bowl. Imagine having $1 million right in your pocket, Josh, from one, one little bet. Amazing. John Price at the Sports Information Traders team, he can guide you on the best way to make money on futures bets and preseason football betting picks. You get all that for just $99 and the opportunity to make 15 times your money. It's totally worth getting Sports Information Traders betting picks. And here's the bona fides, Josh. Sports Information Traders has been featured in ESPN, Gambling911.com, Entrepreneur Magazine, and more. John Price has been successfully making betting picks on sports for over 20 years. Make a big return on a small
1: investment with Sports Information Traders Futures Picks. Brandon, our listeners can get started now by going to sportsinformationtraders.com slash blue. Again, make sure you go to sportsinformationtraders.com slash blue to have your chance at a 15-time return this American football betting season.
0: All right, Joshua, we are back and we have five more things we think we think. Have we Have we got a trademark on that
1: yet? If it's we say it already, if we say the phrase 25 times. Yeah, can we, we steal it from somebody else? I know. Yeah, I, I wonder. <laughs> um,
0: all right. Yeah. The, the sixth thing we think we think. Let's jump into it. What is it, Josh?
1: Uh, Man City are still very good. And this is the double one, Brandon. All right. This comes from the same match. This match didn't teach us much, if anything, about West Ham. Some fun moments with 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 All air um at the at the beginning of that match, um some moments where you thought, hey, West Ham might mm-hmm. actually score something here uh and then uh and then the destruction came on and uh <laughs> <laughs> what can you say? i mean it was uh you know yeah. sterling had twenty points in the match, he could have had i don't know thirty i mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah, it's i mean it, uh, here's here's a question for you, it just sort of tied in with this um and maybe jumping ahead to our game week two preview, but are you, um, I mean, did that just lock in Sterling as a Game Week 2 captain for you? Are you, is there anyone else that really stands out to you? It's it's going to be very hard not to have him, right, for Game Week 2. Yeah, and
0: Manchester City just historically, recent history, I should say, are just so terrific at the Etihad at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> you know, I, I think I think I have to do a little bit more soul-searching about how I feel about this Spurs team. I mean, I really stuck my neck out, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, backing Harry Kane, where a lot of other pundits were, were, were not really talking about him. So, what does that, what does that say about what I think about Spurs and how they can match up against Man City, and how does that make me feel about the armband? So, but right. I guess what you're actually a- asking is. Well, what you're actually asking is what a captain Sterling. I don't know; it's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, he that, yeah, he looked great. He looked great. I think what 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 we what we confirmed is yeah that City are still good. We also confirmed that yes, Raheem Sterling above the likes of Jesus or Aguero mm-hmm. or KDB or Bernardo Silva. He's the man. He is the focal point of the FPL attacking returns. Yeah, he's a must. Ha- he's a must have. I'm 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 sad to say, like it's really tough when in a really expensive player against when we
1: have other expensive players to shoehorn is a must have, but he is. Yeah. My real concern now is that it, does he just become a 38 game week captain? You know? Um, I don't know. You know, sometimes you say that stuff and then something happens that, that throws you off a little bit, but it's uh it's going to be very hard to look past him. I think for the, you know, for the time being, I mean, I'm looking at, you know, there's game week three uh, solid plays arsenal at home, uh, Sterling plays Bournemouth away. Like, who's the better pick in that one? You know, like it's a, it's a tricky yeah. one. So there's a, you know, but between yeah. those two, it feels like it's kind of, it's a little bit locked in right now. And I, you know, I, we've felt this way before. We've talked about the, this has happened with Aguero. This happened with you know Robin van Persie. If you want to go back that far, It's happened with Luis Suarez and. You know, you always are like, for me, it's a lament. I know for some people, they like it. They like just having it like out of their hands. They just pick a captain. For me, it's like a bummer. I want there to be like five or six captain picks any game week. I just think it's more fun. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, I think right now it's really locked in between those two. And you really couldn't. It's hard to look anywhere else.
0: Yeah. Right. So West Ham, they just, I feel like they, well, it was less that West Ham were defending really well in the first half and then fell apart. I think that Manchester city just looked kind of rusty to mm-hmm. go with uh, an earlier theme of this episode, but yeah, Oller I thought looked like he had this stature that I noticed that I feel like there are good things to come from him. And he, and the stature and this mentality, this, this look in his face. Um, yep. Gravitas, can we call it? Uh, I, I'm i excited to see him uh, play a weaker team, to be yeah. honest. But with with the City attack, you kind of saw this happen with Liverpool too, right? Like at some point, Liverpool and City just started steamrolling their opponents. There were moments against Norwich where yeah. the defense just completely evaporated and it was just five Liverpool guys running in on uh, Tim Kroll. And City, yeah, you... I, I don't know if it just took them one half to just get back to their, their last season selves, or if we might see them be slow starters uh, in the coming game weeks.
1: I I don't know either. I I think they will be, I think they will be fine. Um, You know, or like, I mean, I think the, the, the Jesus Aguero thing is interesting. Now I thought Aguero was going to really have that, like, like just on lock going into the season. And now I'm like, now I'm not sure, you know, it's a, also, Bernardo not playing at all was kind of a funky one, right? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, and um,
0: you know, a, a lot of people point to Pep's rhetoric around Bernardo Silva last season. He was basically his his pet on the teams, right? He he, if anyone deserved a start, he was the only one. But it's Sterling is the most consistent one. I mean, I guess, in and in, to put a positive spin on it. De Bruyne looked great. Yep. He had attacking returns so he wasn't like the I'm terrified of KDB now in this deeper lying role. No, mm-hmm. he was um Hollywood passes getting forward the works. So um yeah, you know, we're just like one premium mid injury away from the exciting prospect of getting KDB into our FPL size. That's yeah, fun.
1: Totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it really is. And um yeah, we just need like I think we're also like we just need a couple, like we need like one cheap good midfielder to emerge. Like maybe, maybe it is Den Um, you know, and then you can maybe play four through the middle and or like you could downgrade Fraser to Den or something. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to mm-hmm. like it's it's tricky right now. Like if 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 you know, if if you are firm in this idea that Sal and Sterling are are a lock as you're sort of rotating captain picks, or they're just like a lock in your team at least. Um it just it just gobbles up so much money, you know, that even, even nine point five million for KDB is really tricky. Although I don't know, you've got an eleven million cane and it worked out great for you. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, it's it's like, it it only worked out for me. It only
0: worked out for me because John McGinn came through and this will be the game early on in the season is, I mean, this is the game forever and always is finding the cheaper budget options. The McGins, the den donkers who are going to fit. And we don't. We don't precisely know who they all are going to be for the rest of the season just after game week one, but we have we have a better idea now. So yep. yeah, the job now is to zero in on those cheaper attacking mids and forwards who are gonna work so that we can then jam in more premiums, more exciting premiums yeah. that then, are really going to take us over the line.
1: Yeah, and the beauty of again is that you know he scored in their hard fixture. You know, now they've got a great run of fixtures coming up. So um yeah, yeah. I'd be feeling really good about having him. Uh, all right Brandon uh point number 7 is don't okay this is a thing i think i think ready so again i'm going to uh-huh, clarify yeah. here but what i'm okay. thinking and this is my this is my instinct which i went away from uh is don't double up on the attack of a mediocre team i'm thinking particularly here about bournemouth so bournemouth are <laughs> an interesting fantasy team but overall they're they're a pretty mediocre team i mean they're um you know, they consistently finish you know mid table they um are capable of some shocking losses. They're also capable of, you know, scoring four or five goals in a match for sure. Um, but they're not consistent. They're not going to steamroll people, you know? And it's just, it's funny that you have a team like Man City, and obviously price is a factor here, but you have a team like Man mm-hmm. City that that wins every game, three, four, five, six nil, you know, or something like that. Uh, and I only have one attacking player from that team. And somehow I've got Fraser and Wilson, you know, $15.5 million worth of Bournemouth in my team. Um, and, uh, you know, I got six points out of them in that match. So, um, yeah, I, I just, I don't love it as a, it doesn't typically feel like a good way to spend your money to, um, to be over invested in mid table or bottom half the table teams because they're just not typically the most consistent teams. Somebody who
0: actually may emerge somebody who we wanted this to happen for last season. And we had not said a single word about since then or in the preseason is our man johan goodmanson and burnley right six million and um he's crafty from the midfield uh can put in some balls and also score some goals um arrive into the penalty box looked pretty good for a burnley team that also looked pretty good so yeah um he looked decent brighton may offer some interesting budget options and Aston Villa is probably, you know, they're they're definitely making an early case of being the the Wolves of this season with with exciting attacking flair at at a bargain price. So yeah. we've we've got some people to watch that might be if Bournemouth truly uh doesn't work out, um, then I think we're we're starting to see what the op, other options are gonna be.
1: Yeah, I'll be interested to see if if Pulisic starts in game week two um as well. You know, he's someone that I would think about for for Game Week Three as a Ryan Fraser replacement. I, I feel like I'm that so I you know, maybe I'm just putting this one even on here just for my personal team, but like I'm feeling like Fraser and Wilson is too much, Bournemouth, and I'm ready to dump one of them. Um but yeah. I'm I'm not gonna do it before Aston Villa. Um and, you know, but but they play Man City in Game Week three, so that seems like a good time to do it. And um in my head, I was thinking, and maybe this is just the American in me, but I was like, well, oh, maybe if Pulisic has a good game week two, you know, he starts in game week three because you know, <laughs> game week three and four they play Norwich and Sheffield back to back, and so uh, that would yeah. be a, a nice time to have, uh, you know, a, a Chelsea midfielder. Um, you know, I that the mid uh, that Chelsea, which which we haven't really talked about too much yet, but they're sort of um, they're a funny team. They, they, they like they're you look at their team now, they're, like their midfield, and it's like a especially with Loftus-Cheek and Hudson-Odoi out, two really exciting young players, like they kind mm-hmm. of feel like mm-hmm. they look like Leicester or something, right? They don't look like a top four team, really. You know, it's like a, yeah. it's, I mean, their forwards are a mess, right? It's Tammy Abraham who's never, you know, outside of Giroux, mm-hmm. who's getting, he's getting old, you know, I mean, old for football, <laughs> um, uh-huh. you know, it's all these 7 million <laughs> forwards and, you know their midfield is it's Pedro, whose best years are five years behind him, probably. You know, yeah. Ross, mm-hmm. Ross Barkley, super inconsistent, subbed off in the 58th minute. Mason Mount that doesn't do anything in the league yet. Um, Kovacic, Jorginho, Pulisic. I mean, it's like there's not a lot to like. There It looks you like know? a project. It does. It yeah. looks like a. It looks like. I mean, yeah, that's one way to put it. A mediocre team is another way to put it. You know, I mean, <laughs> like, and even that defense, right? It's like. That defense does not. It's like I mean, Christensen and and Zuma. Like that's not like a. Kurt
0: Zuma has been on loan for an age, and the teams he's been on loan to have been Everton, not known for their defensive prowess. Stoke, Stoke bloody right. city. Yeah, uh, this is not a guy who's come back from his his travels, his internships, his work experience, and is ready to challenge for right. a Champions League spot.
1: Yeah, and, you know, Christensen has looked good in a, you know, three at the back before. But, I mean, as, a, as one of the only two central defenders, I mean, he's, he's unproven at the, at the very least, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So, I don't know, Emerson almost scored today. I guess that's in his pocket. But, yeah, it's, it's just a funny it's, – it's just a funny team. And so, yeah, what is going yeah. on with uh, – did Alonso even play today? He didn't even play at all, right? So, what's – is he just yeah. not – is he just not a starter in that team anymore? Surely Emerson
0: is yeah. is the man there now. It's yeah, kind of been threatened so. for some time. I mean, yeah. under multiple managers now. So yeah. um, I think that's one of the things that – well, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. That's, the, the Chelsea lineup, we definitely need one or two more game weeks worth of information there. Totally. totally. Yeah, Lampard had, had some nice things to say about Pulisic after the match. Yeah. I mean, they were – they're all very diplomatically said, so I don't, yeah. don't want to read too much into it. Yeah, and they
1: had a couple of shots off the off the you know post and stuff. So you know, like they could have it could have looked a little less embarrassing. You know, in the end. Yeah. And they play you know Leicester, Norwich, Sheffield the next three. It's a good run. Um, but Gosh, yeah, I, mean, I want. to... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, you finish your thought. No, I was just gonna say. I mean, I just look at that starting at eleven, and I, I really only see one player that I think of as, you know truly world class, and and Osbalquetta, and. Yeah, you know, the other 10 just feel like question marks to me. So it's, uh, yeah. I don't know, it's interesting. I want to talk about Bournemouth just a little bit
0: more. So I I, I didn't really watch much of this game beyond the highlights. Mm-hmm. Who, okay, so there are three main FPL targets here. It's right. Josh King, it's Callum Wilson and Ryan Fraser. Of those three, who was the one that stood out as still the pick? Like we only, if we're going mean, to have any, we're only yeah. going to
1: have one. I mean, none of them. Uh, Mepham, uh, maybe. I don't know. Like, there was – there was. I mean, Phil Billing was heavily involved. He didn't look great or anything. Um, um, almost had an assist, I guess. Don't I mean, disrespect I, Phil Billing, right I mean, Ryan Fraser, it's like – it's always hard. Like, he has the ball a lot. And so, of course, like – I mean, it's, it's one game, so I don't want to overreact. But, you know, it's like – they, they just like – they were really effectively stymied by – by sheffield let's just say that and and i expect them to be a little better this week i there no of the trilogy of king wilson and fraser none of them were particularly impressive so okay it's like know, having
0: three phantom menaces and none of them even reached the heights <laughs> of uh, revenge yeah. of the
1: sith like i just i feel like i can't even answer your question because i don't know who i would like no <laughs> one had a great moment or anything I mean, i guess wilson almost yeah. scored and uh his assist was uh you know was that uh, was a uh, uh, you know one of those the palmed away rebound goals you know so yeah. yeah
0: all right let's let's move on then so we've yep. got three more three more things the mm-hmm. eighth thing that we think we think premium strikers are ready for your consideration goals from each Kane Aguero and Aubameyang uh so the the template such as it was looking at um people all around the twitter sphere mhm not a lot of premium strikers out there. Um Aubameyang was getting quite a lot of love um coming out of the summer break because he was scoring goals for fun in the preseason. Right. Um But here we are. We've got we've got three stalwart premium strikers who produced in game week one. Right. Uh, are you are you how are you feeling well, having your team sort of organized uh, around not a premium striker? Well,
1: I mean, I'll just like I mean, just if we think about it, you know, I mean, the thing is, you know, Aguero finished on five points. Um, you know, um, Aubameyang finished on six, uh, Kane did finish on 13, but I mean, you know, both of his goals came late in that. I mean, I, no, no disrespect to, I mean, you know, he. He, he looked once Christian Eriksen came on, he looked like, you know, he yeah. looked much, much better. So, sure. yeah. um, you know, and maybe if Eriksen plays the whole match, he has a hat trick or something. I, I agree. Like uh, the, the
0: goals didn't come easy for any of any of them. Kane had to wait. Aguero right. missed the first penalty that he took to get the goal that he got. And Aubameyang seemed to be the only attacking player on the pitch for Arsenal.
1: So, I mean, the the problem is that these players are 1.5 to two times as expensive as the defenders, who basically did as well, if not better than them. You know, I mean, you know, Lucas Dean outscored Aguero and he's half the price, you know. So um, I, I don't think that there was a... You know, and, and Kane did score a brace, but you know they were playing a promoted team in a featured match on a you know the first weekend. Like it's a it's a match where you would expect him to do really well. You know, um, and mm-hmm. I think the bigger test will come in game week two, obviously away to City. Um, so I, I didn't come away. I mean, it, it's almost like you got to pick your pick your spot, you know, or pick your pick your poison. I don't know. It's like you can either have like lot of money invest in your defense or or a lot of money up front and it's kind of hard to have both you know and um i don't think we know know yet what the right approach is you know or maybe both approaches work um i mean mm-hmm. i think this this weekend certainly if you had Kane, um you know or i i suppose yeah i mean if you had Kane, that was probably enough for you to have a pretty solid game week so um you know, I don't know. So I but I don't feel like um I'm itching to have a big forward. It doesn't make me feel like uh I made a mistake with my okay. you know, Game Week one team. Yeah.
0: Well the premium strikers aren't
1: thinking about you either, Josh. So <laughs> so there. Yeah, yeah. I don't think <laughs> about you at all. Brent, shall we move on to number nine? Got two more to go here. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right, number nine is well, pr- let's go. promoted sides look to have decent attackers, uh, particularly Norwich and Aston Villa. Uh, so yeah. Pookie. I mean, we've talked about begin already in Aston Villa. So yeah, credit to him, uh-huh. but our boy Pookie, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to like be honest here, Brandon. I am very seriously yeah. considering Pookie as my game week two transfer. Very seriously. <laughs> wow. Uh huh. So he's coming
0: out who, Let I me. Mean, so Jota's Jota's coming out for, uh, Pookie? no,
1: Delafayo. I mean, uh, De La oh, Fe- De La Feo, Of course, yeah, of De La course. Feo, it, was, it, was, it was an insane pick. I never should have done it. Um, it was, uh, I don't know what I was drinking when he was in my team. You don't bring in a player with a muscle injury, that's just not a thing you do. Of course, he was hooked uh-huh. at halftime. Um, and so he's gone, and now they play Everton away, which is like not the worst fixture in the world, but it's not a good fixture. Uh, and like who knows if he even starts, right? And I just don't, I'm done, yeah. and so yeah. Just bring in my boy Pookie. They play They play uh, Newcastle at home in game week two. It's going to be the first match at home for the promoted Norwich. Uh, I don't know. It seems – it's kind of appealing, you know. Um, if I had, yeah. like, extra money, I would, I, you know, I'd maybe consider, you know, bringing in Oller. Um, I don't really want to hold a transfer for a week, though, to bring him in. Um, I think I'm just going to move now. And I, I kind of said this last week, too. Like, I like the idea of just – before I wildcard sort of spending my transfers moving around these cheap forwards, you know, and just trying to maximize each game week, you know, get the most out of it.
0: Yeah. I guess Buendia is really the only other attacking player at Norwich that stood out. He was on all the set pieces. He did provide the assist to Pukki, but mm-hmm. if you're going to recommend anyone, uh, Pukki was really the only player for Norwich that stood out to me in any sort of meaningful yeah. eye test way. Yeah. So I'm with you there. As far as Villa goes, I mean, McGinn scored the goal, but I think so many of their midfielders had opportunities. Grealish was you know, he was defending in the backfield, but he was getting far and releasing um, lots of great uh, counterattacking opportunities for the team. So Grealish, I think we'll have attacking points at some point. But uh, El Ghazi uh, looked great as well. Wesley at uh, up front, not totally sold yeah, on him. He spent anonymous. most of his time yeah. crumpling to the ground. <laughs>
1: yeah uh yeah I, I agree um it's uh there's and i think you know i mean I, we, you know even um uh i talked about him already, but Billy sharp i mean if he if he's a starter I, he's just old i think that's really the, the issue there you know but um i would I, I i don't need to be, I, you know I, I feel like i'm just repeating myself now but i did come away feeling like like Sheffield and are like a pretty decent team like a team that look like they're capable of staying up this year so i don't really know what that can means we talk about john Lundstrom? Teams. Uh, yeah, playing for his career. That sounds like. I mean, there's. So Sheffield United have have, have made this uh, this new signing, and uh, there's there's some concern now that he's going to um, uh, Besic. Uh, Mo Besic has uh, has come into Sheffield United, and the 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 talk is that Besic is in the Lundstrom spot. The uh, mm-hmm. so he may lose his he may lose his spot. I don't know. Um it was not it was enough for me to sure, surely this one
0: bonus point that Lundstrom gained, Curry's favor in the the front office of Sheffield
1: United, right? Lundstrom got the bonus point and uh Den Docker almost scored. It would have been an amazing week. If if Greenwood had also done something when he came in from Man United, it would have been the, the a great week for the, the template four point five million players, but it didn't uh, right, didn't quite right. come off.
0: All right, we've got one last thing to talk about in, in our Things We Think We Think section number 10. We are ready for the new mid-table, the re-emergence of Burnley, and yes, the official emergence of mm-hmm. Graham Potter's yes. Brighton. Yeah, uh, We got a question from Nervous Ned on our Slack. With so many convincing wins for Brighton, Burnley, and Manchester United, yes, part of the new mid-table, we're not really uh, FPL ha- uh, a- asset-heavy teams do we invest now or hold for more evidence that this is opening day madness? So, I guess let's let's talk mostly about Burnley and and Brighton here, which I think are really interesting teams that maybe didn't yeah. get their full due in preseason coverage.
1: Yeah. Well, um, you know, I can. I mean, Brighton. I watched most of the Brighton. One, it was on the same time as the Bournemouth match, and they were on the. I was at the Black Horse uh, over the weekend, and they were they were on screens right next to each other, so I watched both of them pretty pretty closely. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I was, I was really impressed. I mean, um, I, you know, there was all, all the talk was about what Potter was going to bring to this team. Um, and I felt like I was kind of in like a, I'll believe it when I see it mode. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, it was, the, the problem is it's really hard to know, you know, who you'd want from this team, um, at the, you know, right now, I mean, from a fan of, like, okay, like defense aside, like who in the midfield attack would you want? It's kind of, it's kind of tricky, you know? I mean, Pascal gross, sure. Um, playing the full 90, which he like never did under Chris Hutton. Yeah, he's uh, a fifty-nine-minute legend. Pascal <laughs> he Bruce. was, but he's six point five million. So that's that's more than a punt category. That's like I'm investing in you, and I think you're going to be important to my team. <laughs> exactly. Money, you know, which is yeah, like you're 5. like five. Yeah, you're basically
0: giving him like fringe benefits, health insurance, vacation time. Yeah, that's a heavy investment. It's, it's
1: exactly you need like he needs to meet your director or something, you know, before you can make that. <laughs> yeah, this is not a move. phone interview situation. The forwards are kind of tricky though, too, right? You had, you, had, you know, Murray and, uh, and LaCadia, um, both, uh, both played 60 minutes, both got subbed off and then the two players got subbed on for them scored. Um, mm-hmm. so what is, what does that mean? Uh, and then, you know, <laughs> like I have no idea they're all cheap, but I, uh, <laughs> nervous. Uh, and then you have Tresard, who is yeah. like the kind of the hipster pick, you know, I, my, my friend Stag, who I was watching the game with on Saturday was, uh, was crestfallen when uh, when he uh, sort of just yeah. d- would not come on the pitch he has these amazing stats mm-hmm. from last season these like extraordinary stats um, and uh, didn't play a minute but he's kind of the player that everyone's excited about uh, i say everyone and his ownership is 0.7% but a lot, a lot of people are excited to see what his you know what he turns into uh, so does he play next game week so i mean it's yeah. it's cool but like who do you who do you pick you know it's a weirdly
0: deep squad up front yeah. for Brighton. But yeah, yeah. you, uh, deep you can crap. talk about these. It's <laughs> 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 um, a good one, Josh. Um, you, you can talk about where the value is on these teams. But um, the, the six million striker who scores for Brighton, whoever he may be, mm-hmm. you're not going to – you're going to bring him into your squad, and he's not going to score a goal every game week. What you really need from a Brighton asset is an assurance that he's going to start every week. Right. More than even the attacking returns, you need an assurance that this person is going to show up. Yeah. Uh, so you don't want Trossard. So I think what what we need to think about here is yeah, wait a few weeks, see who is sort of starting to get locked into that starting 11 for Mr. Potter, and then those will be the guys
1: yeah exactly and um you know so hopefully we start to know more next week I, I it'd be fun to make a if I even knew which forward to have in Brighton I would definitely consider it um as a transfer um but you know as it is yeah I think i've, I've exactly you just gotta have to wait a week and wait, wait a week or three maybe to really know who you want. Mm-hmm yeah and and with burnley i think maybe we got too cute with our predictions
0: that chris wood might emerge as yeah, the uh totally the tall the, the the tall domineering kiwi that we know he yeah. is and ashley barnes just remains the man
1: yeah totally i mean overrating preseason you know classic classic mistake uh goodmanson um you know if he'd come in cheaper he might have been a more tempting option i think at six million six million feels a little a little high for him i mean his returns last season were three goals and seven assists i mean that's not a spectacular return and you know i don't know uh, even you know, westwood's too expensive mcneil uh you know didn't didn't play significantly well um when he got subbed off it was kind of like i was like oh right mcneil's on this team you know mm-hmm. like he didn't have any big moments <laughs> in that match so yeah. Uh, the defense looks good. Um, yeah. You know, it seems like they bad really news for Charlie back.
0: Taylor, though, that Eric, Eric Peters comes in and, and plays a blinder and totally. gets two assists. So. I
1: have to admit, I was I was really off on this one because I, I was really ther- like seriously considering Charlie Taylor. And mm-hmm. um, who knew? I don't know. Like props ch- to
0: the Burnley. Yeah, yeah. Props to the Burnley correspondent at uh, fantasyfootballscout.co.uk who Predicted the back line perfectly, and that's what caused me to go for Loughton over Charlie Taylor and that right. kind of saved my bacon. This well, game
1: week. fair enough. And if somebody, uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry for anybody who had Taylor. It was almost me as well. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know. It's like sometimes you have to wait till one game week is played to know. I mean, you know, Leitner played. In like every preseason match for Norwich, and uh, then he made the bench at game week one, and uh, he's in my squad as well. I mean, he's on the bench, but still, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know, like this is why like early early wildcards often make a lot of sense because like you know, two weeks in, like things Things are so much clearer. Yeah, exactly. All right. Excellent. Josh, those are the 10 things
0: we think we think. Game week one, that was a wild ride. (laughs) Uh, But let's let's take a quick break, gather our thoughts and turn our focus to game week two and preview our our transfers and captain picks, maybe some clean sheet predictions going into game week two. Excellent.
1: Let's do it. All right, Brian, we're back. Typically, we would have a lightning round here. We're gonna we're going a little long this week, though, so uh, we're gonna skip the lightning round. Sorry to anyone who had a question that uh, did not get answered in this week's podcast. Uh, we're gonna go right into the game week two preview. Uh, we've got you know a couple things we want to talk about: transfers and captains. I think we've already kind of gone into them a lot. Uh, my big move this week is I, I'm transferring out uh, Delafoe. Barring any major injuries this week, I think I you know I think one of the things you've got to do if you want to have a good season is just is just give up on a player very quickly sometimes. And especially if they're not a huge, you know, a 10 plus million investment and Delphi was a mistake. And I want to just, I want to get him out. You know, I want to cut out the virus mm-hmm. uh, or whatever, cut out the tumor. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to get too extreme here. You know, he's, uh, he had one match, but I just felt like it's, it's uh, not a tumor. Well, part of it is he's like an out of position midfielder too. Right. It's like, that's like when I was sort of annoyed with myself because I was like, right. So I didn't bring in a Jose Perez, who is an out of position forward, so that I could bring in Dela who who is a forward playing as a midfielder. Like, what? What was I thinking here? <laughs> you know. So I just want to correct uh-huh. that right uh-huh. off the Opposite bat. Day. Yeah, and the rest of my team, I feel okay uh-huh. about. Uh, captains uh, yeah. definitely leaning towards Sterling myself. Um, what about you, transfers and captains?
0: Yeah, I think the the one standout blunder I made with my game week squad team was buying into the Gilbert hype, the mm-hmm. the wingback, the fullback for Aston Villa, mm-hmm. who didn't get a minute, didn't start, and I think with the 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 concern around Lundstrom and his starting position, I need a backup starting defender on my bench. So I think I don't have any problems that I see with my my starting lineup. Mm-hmm. I mean, Shea Adams and Josh King, they, they didn't come through for me and particularly Adams having Liverpool this week. Is that right? Yep. And yeah. They host, yeah. Uh, Southampton they're host home, Liverpool. home yeah. But yeah, I, I think I will stick with Shea Adams and, and Josh King. Just, you know, not everyone's going to jettison all of their Bournemouth assets all of a sudden. I no, know that'd be a little patience there. That'd be silly. yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So Gilbert is going to go, just going to shore up my defense. I'm really not sure what other 4.5 defender I'm going to go with, but um, I'm just going to size up the options, maybe a Brighton defender. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and Captain, Captain, right now, if I if I pull up my bus team, I, I still have the armband on Sala and Southampton leaking three this weekend. You, you'd think Liverpool could still... Um, put some goals past Southampton on the road. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm I'm definitely compelled by the Sterling argument, and I don't think Spurs are, uh, are going to be a brick wall by any stretch at the Etihad. Uh,
1: I think it's an interesting weekend ahead, just looking at the fixtures, Brandon. Um, it, just as a, like, fan of the sport, I think there's a lot of <laughs> fun matches. I mean, even <laughs> Ar- Arsenal-Burnley is, like, a fun match to start off the weekend. I, I don't plan to have anybody in that match um i have pope but i'm planning to start yeah. dean, dean henderson Pure instead. watch yeah kind of a pure watch to mm-hmm. to kick things off um sort of i think we you know probably see some more of arsenal's new players in that match too uh hopefully we'll see uh, mm-hmm. klaus and ozil too like that's a crazy crazy story what there going
0: on there yeah are they've
1: are they been in the uh the epstein case or what <laughs> I, I, I don't know it's a I, I yeah I hope they like they they weren't ter- you know it's a terrible thing, um, and yeah you know, yeah I I do hope they're safe I don't want to yeah. be flipped no to, no I I know what you're saying yeah I know you're just kidding uh, Man City Spurs uh, on Saturday is a really interesting early season match um, I think it's a lot easier to feel better about Spurs having watched all ninety minutes of that match I think the first the first seventy or so it was getting a little scary <laughs> I thought Lucas Moura played well I didn't feel like he was. Uh, he played so well that I walked out of that thinking, oh, man, I really wish I had more, more in my squad, you know. So um, I think, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think we have like we'll, we'll learn something about both teams in this match. I guess we'll learn if Bernardo Silva is still a starter in this team. I don't know. <laughs> He's got to start right mm-hmm. uh, over Mares, I guess. Oh, and
0: just going back to Liverpool and the the idea of captaining Salah, certainly we need to collect more information midweek when they play the is it the super cup? Right. Yeah. Uh, is the super cup a golf tournament or the the super cup that's not a golf tournament they're playing in? Yep. And um, they're playing in some far-flung country on Wednesday against Chelsea uh-huh Europa League champions yeah so curious yeah. to see what the lineup uh uh is for both of those squads but mostly Liverpool just
1: to yeah. check ourselves on any potential rotation threat God, wouldn't that be awful if they played anybody meaningful in the, that game like uh, that does not seem like a game that anybody it's like an exhibition right it's like an exhibition that comes after the season yeah. starts it's just ugh, it's, that's I hate that kind of yeah. stuff I do wonder if the uh, like the star attacking
0: players get run out for just strictly 60 minutes. Um, Yeah, I would be satisfied if the likes of Salah and Mane were played for 60 to 70 minutes, then subbed off. Then I'd still be feeling pretty gung ho about their. Um, they're just um, no, steamrolling Southampton.
1: Yeah, know I I would too. I, I wouldn't worry too much about rotation this this early in the season, but um, yeah, like if you know, like I would, let, I love Trent didn't play, for example. I mean, especially just mm-hmm. having just played in the uh, Community Shield as well. You know, it just feels like kind of a um, I don't know, like uh, like well, like one too many exhibitions for them this season. So, right, right. yeah, and then uh, I think Wolves Man United on uh, Monday should be a really interesting match. Oh, for sure, and I think. Uh,
0: they, they've historically had really great matchups. Um, or at least historically, like last season. Let, yeah. Um, yeah. You, but you skipped over a fun one on Saturday,
1: which is the Marco Silva Derby, Everton hosting <laughs> Watford. Yeah, true, true. Uh, I mean – everton one of these teams will probably score a goal eventually right and so i guess then we'll know i don't know yeah it's hard. i i'm not that excited about that match because i watched them both play uh this weekend and i just did mm-hmm. not like i was not impressed with, with either one so uh lucas dean mm-hmm. like kind of a like nice little clean sheet there especially when uh when they shine only got a red card in the 77th minute um but uh, ridiculous player yeah um, yeah, I, and Chelsea Lester too. I mean, I guess we're not even allowed like, to talk about fantasy. We're just talking about matches we want to watch now. But uh, I think Ch- Chelsea Lester <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, should be a fun one too. Um, I expect Lester to 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 finally uh, score a goal this season in that match too. I mean, especially considering how Chelsea's defense looked in uh, uh, today's yeah, match. Yeah,
0: you were kind of wincing when you looked at Chelsea uh, hosting Lester game week two when you bring in a guy like Perez or whether it's Madison. Mm hmm. For game week one, you're like, well, oh, that's not a great road fixture for Leicester. But yeah, having watched Chelsea against Manchester United, suddenly I'm
1: I'm really excited to see how uh, Perez looks. Yeah, and at, I thought uh, in Madison, Stanford- Madison, I thought it looked really good too. Um, you know, I'd love to have Madison in my team right now. All right, Brandon, that is your podcast. If you would like to support the podcast, you can become a Patreon. You can go to Patreon.com/slash Always Cheating. Uh, We have uh, lots of features, uh, one extra podcast a week, uh, and uh, we have access to the Slack, T-shirts, all kinds of cool stuff and giveaways that are part of uh, becoming a patron. Uh, And Brandon, we have some producer thank yous. We are going to do our new patron thank yous in a moment. We're going to do our producer thank yous first. We did them second last time. It feels like we've got to move them up to first this time. So Brandon, (laughs) take it away. All right. Uh, thanks
0: to our producers, Paul Herzig, Victor Forberg, Skogan, Alan Creasy, Blair Jacobson, Nick Wright, Staya Nyhus, Kaja, Christine Lilang, Brian Chin, Travis West, Frederick Kyan Gransky, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Danny Evans, Brian Jacobson, Andy Penn, Jazz Binning, Christian Carter, Bobas Coon, James Holland, Ben Grant, Jeff Husby, The Big Gaffer, Trevor Ingerson, Brian T., Nick Costello, Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, Martin Savage, Chris Howell, Stephen Toomey, and Mike DePietro. thanks to all of you. And remember to rate, review, subscribe to the Always Cheating Podcast, wherever fine podcasts are found, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast. Follow us on Twitter at HailCheaters, Instagram at HailCheaters, Facebook.com slash Cheating. Send us an email with a lengthy message if you like. That's HailCheaters at gmail.com. All this information, including our shop where you can find Mystic Mia Third Eye FC's new Always Cheating t-shirt. For sale, go to alwayscheating.com. You can also find the lead code to the Always Cheating Super League right there. Now on to the Patreon thank yous. Josh, you want to start with our new producers that uh, some of them just got name checked there? That
1: sounds great. Um, how about I just go until I until I run out of breath, all right? And then you can, uh, you can take it yeah. from there, Brandon. I'll pick up the baton. All right. Okay, sounds good. New producer thank yous. Uh, these are extra special thank yous to Jim Payne. A uh, long-time patron who uh, just just became a new uh, a, a re-up producer patron, uh, Nick Wright, Blair Jacobson, Alan Creasy, Victor Forberg, Eskoging, Paul Herzig, Kaja Christine Lilang, and Stian Niehaus. Uh, sorry if I mispronounced anyone's name there. I'm sure I did. Uh, Volkswagen patrons, Chris Akins and Kate McCartan. Thank you to Chris and Kate. Uh, Lord Zola patrons, Corey Cummings, Justin Stout, Aftab Muhammad, Johnny Holden, Martin, Kevin Kehoe, John Pymut, David Flynn, Matt O'Loughlin, Ben uh, Brent Christie, Ian Brownie, Manny Still, Christopher Gray, Matt Lubin, Seely Arms, Jake Thomas, Mike Tomset, uh, St- Stuart Bell, Pete Ivory. Brendan. I'm starting to fade here. Pete Ivory, Gibbo, Nathan, <laughs> George Grondalen. There you go. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. Tom Eklund,
0: Arilla, Justin Price, Jen's, Jens Engman, James DeGriff, Kenny Lau, Spicy, Glenn. I love a guy just named Glenn. Welcome, Glenn. Frode Johansson. Chris Brown, Stein Gould, Danny McFeely, Jonathan Brooks, Matthias Jensen, Dallas Bolton, Chris Curry, Kim Arn, Hammerstad, James Massey, Sven Gorn, Bennetson, Stray Bullet, Jono, JBAFC, Oscar Harp, Edward Weibert, Ben Local, Jordy Camps, Errol Stav, Peter Matheson, Peter Matheson, Carl Bergstrom, Dave Addison, Chris Fox, Sam, Michael Broadbent, Alex Stevens, Mark Tilly, Rob Stevenson, Alex Favato, Sam Joseph, Russell Armstring, Henrik Walgren, I, Ider Sledbo. When I finish this section, you can take the picture, sure. Josh. Alan McCormick, Brian Fox, Dan Floden, Tim Van Dyke, Mark, uh, James Erlam, Jing Rang, and Miko Late Lightning. Wow. welcome to all uh, of our Lord Sorrow.
1: We're going to have to start like speeding this up, to, like 1.5 speed or something. You know, <laughs> I want to be respectful, but speedy. That's what I'm going to start going for. Uh, although obviously we get, um, you know, it's a big search of patrons at the start of a new season. So we won't be doing these, these, these ridiculously long. Maybe we will, Brandon. Who knows? You
0: know, let's be optimistic here. Then we'll just start. We'll start reading <laughs> the names of all the people who leave the
1: patron. Uh, and the Pookie patrons, uh, Nim Wallace, uh, More Heat, Kevin Barony, Michael Shade, Iman, Stephanie Kruzik, Tim McCartney, uh, McCarthy, excuse me, Chris Button, Marcus Rinaldi, uh, Edgar Sanchez, Reese Jan Blikers, and Adrian Farouk. Thank you to everybody. And Brandon, hail Lord Sorloth. I'm so sad that he is gone from the Premier League this season. He's on a season-long loan now. Very sad.
0: Yep. Uh, Poku never made it. Sorloth is gone. Vokes is gone. Mbakani is just out there uh, crushing it somewhere else. Yeah. So we miss you all, but we hail you all the same. Uh, we'll see our patrons on our Kitchen Table pod later this week. Um, to everyone else, good luck in Game Week 2. Hope you had fun in Game Week 1. The season's off and running. And hail Pookie, Brandon. The one who lived... You know, yep. <laughs> <laughs> the Finn who
1: lived... <laughs>